0: Listening to Resilient and Rowdy. I'm your host, Jess James. Tune in to hear unfiltered discussions and stories of the bold and the brave. So kick back and enjoy some R&R. Hi, welcome back to the R&R podcast. This is your host, Jess. And today I have a returning guest, Jason He is an expert of many things, and we're poking his brain today. So, Jason, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Jess. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. Um, Yeah, thanks for just coming on again. Um, I'm really excited to dig into some things today.
1: You know what, fellow podcaster? You know, this podcasting thing is it's so much... I think it's better to get actual information out there. Mm -hmm. Now, I may not be an expert on everything but i try to kind of niche down and and find what i'm good at and talking and one of the things i really want to talk about today is just getting information out there and you know you said your demographics were like a lot of you know parents and and people in their 20s 30s starting a family are, are just themselves that could actually be in these type of environments where they need to be kind of aware of what's going on so i appreciate you giving me time and an audience to share some ideas
0: yeah, of course. I feel like you are constantly working and um, you know, staying up to date on a lot of facts and, you know, safety tips and privacy tips. So, I had to ask the expert himself. So, yeah, let's let's get into it.
1: Expert, here, let's talk. You know, one thing I've been really focusing on lately is like predators. People who are targeting children, whether that's trafficking Or whether that it's actual, you know, people targeting for sexual abuse, for pedophilia or anything else. and Because I'm very passionate about that topic because I am a dad myself. I have a 11 and a 13-year-old. And as they mature, I start thinking, I'm like, there are people looking at them um, in ways that I don't, for one, feel comfortable. And two, uh, they're out there trying to look at girls and boys just like them. And, you know, the big thing is you probably saw all that about the Olympic team for years were abused by the Nasser. Yeah. And this was a doctor who had direct contact and the girls, they were made to feel like, hey, this is if it's happening to everybody else, Is, is it bad? I mean, this guy was violating them and so many hundreds of girls and everywhere. And he, when they arrested them, he, they found child pornography and all sorts of other stuff. So what the thing is that these predators and stuff, there are no demographic. There's no, okay, that white male over there who's, you know, beady eyed. He's the one doing it. No, it's everyone. And it's, they're all over the place.
0: Yeah. They have a uh, very self-serving needs. So, um, you know, whether it doesn't raise like an eyebrow to you, it, it's worth taking a second look at because, most people do not have that perspective, do not have that way of thinking that's pretty, you know, ill. Um, so for a parent, you might just think, oh, it's innocent. You know, I'm posting a picture of my children at the park on Instagram and I tag the location. Uh, you know, that could be incredibly dangerous and put it's putting you in a very vulnerable state. If anything, I would just post that a couple hours after you leave the park, something like that. But yeah, it's just... It's crazy how it, it might not seem like anything to us, but.
1: You uh, know, and that's the thing about social media is I, so I stop posting pictures, like even on my regular Facebook about my family it is because I have a social presence. I have a, a media presence, yeah. but then I've actually, you know, I've been in law enforcement for 20 something years now and I teach law enforcement and I do a lot of consulting on the side with it, but I also keep in contact with the people that are working this stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm understanding what's going on out there and it's there there is i believe there is a this cross between like sex trafficking and pedophilia and predators because a lot of the trafficking out there is teens it's young girls Mm. and a lot of these same people who are predators are buying them and when i say predators and and i was trying to say demographics is like You know, one of of my cop friends is like, yeah, you know, I wanted to tell you about a case where you arrested a firefighter and the firefighter is like the pillar of the community. And he's out there. You have pastors, you have police officers, you have federal agents, you have um, familial relations that are out there praying. And it it just it's a very sick subculture and it's evil. I mean, imagine being, you know, a, a teen or, or even younger than teens, and you're getting abused and abused and abused, how do you move on with your life? You know, and I, I'm gonna bring up the Olympics because, you know, seeing those girls have the courage to get up in front of Congress and and talk the way they did. Their life is so damaged now that they need help and they, they're reaching out to get help. And I did say I, I've been in law enforcement for 20 something years. And those girls reached out. They reached out to the FBI and it fell on deaf ears. Yeah. And, you know, my backstory about when, when shit falls on deaf ears, it, it pisses me off. And especially when law enforcement drops the ball. And they went beyond dropping the ball. The actual FBI uh, supervisor that they provided that information with got offered a job with the Olympic Committee. For uh, And so they were essentially paying him off by not looking into these allegations. And there has to be some sort of place where these kids, teens, boys, girls, women, uh, victims can reach out to for a safe haven. You know, a lot of times in law enforcement encounters a prostitute, at least back in the day. And that's what we're really trying to change the education on this. Anybody who sells, and let me backtrack, anybody who sells themselves or is sold that's under the age of 18 is not doing it legally. So I don't, someone is using them to sell their body. So you, if you're purchasing sex from a teen, it's not legal. I'm I'm saying under 18. And even, so that right there is illegal. So a lot of times when police encountered minor prostitutes, they would treat them like a prostitute, a sex worker, not knowing and not pushing beyond that encounter and beyond that arrest. That maybe they're not here willingly. Maybe someone is using them for sex and not just sex, but for money. Because mm-hmm. um, these these guys are—they have a stables of you know three or four or five girls, and they're just selling them over and over. Mm-hmm. And then when they're done using them, they will go on and get more. Yeah. So that's the thing is like and then the people so that also comes up to the Johns that without demand, there will be no supply. So these guys out there and I'm going to say guys because 99 percent of the time it's guys that are purchasing their sex have got to stop using. Prostitutes and and uh, yes, there are there are places for sex workers. We all know that. And it's a tough line to cross between legalized prostitution and, and prostitutes that are on the street and being, you know, used by pimps. So these men have got to stop using prostitutes. They have to start looking at these as human beings. Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, that last part, especially, um, I feel like a lot of Johns or yeah, a lot of Johns just see as, uh, sexual intercourse as something that you do to a woman, not with a woman. And there's that objectification. Um, and also as for the the survivors that came forward with the Olympic trials, um, yeah, I absolutely do applaud them. They are incredibly brave. And I can really understand why, you know, living their life comfortably now is very difficult because, you know, we're taught and we teach um, the women, the people around us, the children um, Hey, like, you know, don't let a stranger do this. Don't, you know, it's that keyword stranger or acquaintance, because normally it's someone that, you know, that ends up assaulting, um, someone, whether it's a child woman, uh, or exploiting them. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just intentional, but it's, I think that's like the biggest, um, statement and fact that is it kind of, it's kind of like brushed off again, just saying mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be a stranger. It's someone that you work with. It's someone that you see constantly or, you know, uh, frequently, and they develop that relationship or they understand, or, you know, watch your routine or, or your life. Um, and they somehow place themselves in it for, you know, their, you know, disgusting attentions. So, but Again, that red flag is just it's going to be someone you know, um, and we need to be teaching that to everyone, period. Uh, because that's just that's what ha- that's what's happening. Like, I'm seeing it in the news, like, it's just it's not going to be a strange not always, not always, but um, in certain situations, it's usually someone close to you or someone maybe you have seen before in passing. Maybe.
1: Well, that bothers me, and, you know, when we talk about the teachers, they always show this like. You know, this femme fatale teacher who seduces a teen boy and people are like, oh, it's good for him. But no, it's not. I don't want some 30-year-old or 20-year-old or whatever uh, going coming on to my son who's 13. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, that's bullshit. It's rape. It's yeah. child molestation. Yeah. And that's yeah. the other thing, too, It's like it's not right. Your moral compass can't go one or two ways. It, it's got to be on track, boy or girl, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah.
1: Keep your hands off.
0: Right and again it's just breaking that boundary it's um you know it's someone that you trust to be in the care of children to watch out for the well-being of everybody an adult period and an adult knows better a child does not um so yeah whether it's a boy student or a female student it's still someone being taken advantage of Um, and and that shouldn't be taken lightly, but I'm seeing just so many light sentences or, Mm -hmm. or or no punishment. So that's where it really ruffles up feathers. It's like, we have to do something to stop this cycle. So we're talking about it. We're trying to prevent it. Um, I'm really like, really, really thankful to see so many survivors come forward and, and blossom through their lives as well. But open up that dialogue of like, Hey, this happened to me. This is what they're doing. And then for other people who haven't been through that it's just like all right we hear you let's let's do some some new things so that these tactics don't work anymore so that we can keep people safe
1: um, you, you brought up a great words right there we hear you and that's what I was trying to get with law enforcement is we need to train law enforcement to see victims to mm-hmm. see them there and the I think we talked about this last show is the vigilante techniques don't work mm-hmm. you me could see a, a someone who we think's a victim try to go and snatch them up. They're going to end up right back in the hands of the bad guy. Yeah. You know, the thing is we, we delve into victims and there's, I do do a lot of work with this organization, not work. I actually ping them for a lot of information for deliver fund. And they always talk about victims, victims turn to survivors, survivors turn to thrivers. Yeah. So the thing is being able to get them out of the life and, A lot of that's, that's where community comes in. I don't, you know, I shit, I've been in a government for too long. I'm kind of jaded. I don't believe that there's a government solution for everything. And I think a lot of the solutions are at the grassroots level. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be like this bona fide nonprofit, non-governmental organization, but we need places for these victims to be able to go a safe haven to get them a foothold back into life where they can become a survivor and where they can become a thriver. Nobody, you know, I've talked to a lot of survivors lately and a lot of it comes down to like, they get very empowered, but they need that, that first help up. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to, they'll use it. Uh, and I shouldn't say they need it. A lot of them get it, they use it and they move on and they become such a survivor and such a thriver that they want to help others. And they're kind of the ones I always encounter because of the forward-facing survivor. Mm-hmm. But they do; we do need to have the messaging out there that we need to build that type of in- infrastructure where we can get these victims out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I did want to touch on today was parents and you know family and having kids, social media, and the more I hear from these traffickers themselves, and let's you know dispel the rumor and the myth that there's a guy running around driving a van and he's going to grab your kid and kidnap him and put him in a conics box and send him overseas if anything the kidnappers are different they're not traffickers they're predators and they're kidnapping your child and that does happen yes but for the trafficking aspect of it nine times out of ten from what i hear from the actual traffickers whether they're reformed or arrested or whatever from the interviews Is that they are looking online, scrubbing social media, looking for disenfranchised, disenfranchised children, children who are are looking for something, whether that's emotional support. And then they're playing a long game. They ping them on a DM saying, oh, you look really sad today. Anything I could do? Or, hey, you look great. Or, hey, this, hey, that. And they're sliding into their DMs and they're playing a long game. And they have the time. They could be trying to work three or four victims at a time. Then they pull them into this world. And the next thing you know, they're giving them – they're pushing them against their parents. They're providing them with emotional support. Mm -hmm. They're providing them with money initially, cell phones, anything they want to get them into their their life to where they feel like – they owe this person something where they, they owe servitude to them. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I've heard from victims who've said, you know, they, (laughs) it's sick to think about it, but they'll take these teens, bring them in to run trains on them, get them broken, take videos of it and then blackmail them into the life. And then the next thing, you know, they're branding them they're They're selling them and are using them over and over again, providing them with drugs, anything to keep them in that life. And it's a reality. Yeah. So the thing is, have these difficult conversations. Like I, I was telling you, like when I went to pick up my son today at school, he wasn't there. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm running around like a freak. And I'm a 20-something year law enforcement, ex-infantry, whatever. And I'm like, what am, What are my next steps? Did someone get a hold of him? Mm-hmm. Did Has he been slumming in his DMs or what's going on? Turns out he was like with his friends after school and he had no cell service. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I checked my Find My Phone app. Nothing's on there. Uh, He didn't call. There's no messages. And, like, the, I was like, you know what? I really – the first thing I did was I talked to him and I said, hey, you know what? You can't do – you cannot do that. You can't just go off. um, Keep contact of where your kids are at.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, especially from – You know, that last tactic um, for continuing the cycle of trafficking girls, um, that's absolutely awful. And for a law enforcement official um, to somehow still degrade that victim, that survivor, of thinking that she willingly wants that is just disgusting. Because, I mean, all right, I'm 27. I used to be a child. I, I remember those feelings. I had crushes back then. I, I wanted to kiss boys, but never beyond my imagination did I ever think that that is on the table. No, a, a fifteen-year-old, a, a child does not mm-hmm. want that. Um, and and yeah, there's there's a couple of things that do continue to exploit young women into you know pornography at a very particular young age and. 18 19 not still a child like that that should not be a thing either um but absolutely it these these people are still people they're human they just need like you said that little push um so have you have you come across any organizations that do stuff like that or is it like is it a matter of the people speaking up and asking for help you know,
1: there are organizations out there. Like like I said before, I, I, I talk a lot with the Liver Fund, but I'm finding a lot more organizations. Mm-hmm. As I do more speeches and I do this and I do that, a lot of it's localized. So you have to find out locally. And I think yeah. there really needs a repository of like, okay, all over the country. Okay, if you're living here, you can go here. Mm-hmm. So, And I think the police should actually have a lot of, you know, that's one thing you should work with the police is like, hey, look. If you think someone's going to be – you're going to encounter victims and stuff, maybe you don't say, hey, you can come to us. If, but mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't feel comfortable. But, hey, you can go to this place, mm-hmm. whether it's like a church organization or it's like some sort of nonprofit or some sort of non-government or just something that's out there at the grassroots level. It doesn't have to be this big nationwide program where, you know, you get lost in a shuffle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love your emphasis on that because – um, you know, that's where it starts. That's that's where those big organizations and ideas start is just that conversation. But if we can see our power as a community, as a whole, as a society, and we can really get that ball rolling to really start making some more change, because, I mean, in, in a weird way, sorry, I'm not sure if, if you'll follow, but like with Texas trying to ban abortions and no like no remorse or no considerations for incest and rape. I I just see it as like, we're just women are losing their body autonomy and, and we're not necessarily like, we're never, I feel like we're just, we're not ever going to be equal, but it felt more of like, they only care about, um, you know, the statistics coming from all of all of the forced births, basically, like you just you see it as a another generation of a working class. You don't you don't see how it hurts the person who wants an abortion um, that and, and and children, incest, rape. Like, how are you just going to completely like, what?
1: well, there's such a lack of I'm not going to get into the abortion debate, but let's yeah. get into the political debate of the people in charge the people in all these organizations and government and everything are so out of touch with reality
0: yeah
1: it yeah. just i mean you and i were talking about that before i ran into some uh, former generals the other day at some event i went and i'm like these men are so out of touch with and they were probably the same way when they were still active duty out of touch with what's going on on the yeah. ground yeah 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 you know you, if, you know if we even just delve into the topic of sexual assault Men and women, mm-hmm. and I say that because it happens on military bases. It's like Jesus Christ. If you yeah. you know what, man, I, uh I just there's so much going on with with people, and there's this just abusing other people, and just the humanity out there is just it's people are like. It's always been there, but I think with the social media and with having being able to talk about it in open forums like this, mm-hmm. we're actually saying, you know what, this is happening, yeah. and that's a good thing. I, I think I I'm, I commend you for starting a podcast because and talking about real topics. Because without podcasts, what do you have news? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in the news, <laughs> we're not getting a full picture yeah. out of that.
0: Yeah, it can be. It can have their own bias and their own, you know. Whatever, yeah, but and and even you know personally, i can, I'm sure I could put my own bias into stuff like yeah, that.' just no, having these real discussions because I'm tired of tiptoeing around it, and I'm so tired of not seeing any tangible change, like
1: change actual like change. It's
0: intentional and and especially with this, like I really want to empower survivors to to not be in that state of fear anymore. Uh-huh. But, but to really channel that. That rage, that energy, that anger, and the lack of justice that we're like, that we're seeing. I, I mean, yeah. I, want, I just want to see more women conceal carry. I want to see. I want to see them fight back, whether mm-hmm. it's verbally or just like just something. And so, if I could have these conversations, if I can, you know, call people out on Instagram, I'm like, I will. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just. I'm just really tired of it. Um, and I've been a survivor of you know, a multiple multitude of things. So it's just like, something's got to give, something's got to change. Something has to happen because it, it just keeps happening. So it
1: does. We, and you know what, like us, it's a ripple effect, you know, maybe one Congress piece. So you, you bring up the word trafficking and so many people get impassioned with it. You're like, Oh, we need to fucking do something about that. Well, do it, Right. do it. Hey, you know what? I started writing my congressman all the time. They're probably going to hate me. I don't give a shit. I <laughs> yeah. started getting a hold of the state ones now saying, Hey, what are you, what's your, what's your plan? Mm-hmm. Call them up. They work for us. Yeah. That's cool. that's they kind of absolutely work for us.
0: Yeah. That's what people forget for sure. And yeah. so it's like, okay, I'm going to hold this dude accountable. Um, you get a very nice salary. What do you do with your days like what mm-hmm. what's on the agenda when is when is this going to happen let's have a, a meeting on on this let's let's gather the town and you know have a discussion something yeah um
1: and work together stop this bullshit, you know this this partisan politics where we can't get anything done mm-hmm. who can't get behind uh counter-trafficking yeah. who can't get behind stopping these child predators out there yeah I mean,
0: Personally.
1: you know, and have resources available for the parents.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, it's going to be, like, I get it. Parents, you know, they, they don't want to think that they don't want to think that of people in their community. Um, and, you know, I'm a nanny, so I'm very protective and I'm just like,
1: Who yeah, but, you know, most people, most happening? people live in a bubble.
0: Yeah, they do. And so like, I, I definitely have to like keep keep myself very self-aware and, you know, if that means, I don't know, just taking extra circumstances to make sure that myself and these children are going to be safe and that, you know, everything's going to go well and smoothly until pickup time, you know, I'll do it. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure why I'm seeing a lot of pushback from young parents that they don't want to talk about it yet. I'm just like,
1: you have to, Yeah, you know, my daughter is 11 years old and I see it now. She's, You know five four five three she's getting taller and i i see you know when i'm walking around i'm like i'm looking at the guys and i'm like any of these sons hey me i'm like i'll i'll fuck you up but i mean it's just you have to start having i have these conversations with my son all the time and my my daughter hears me doing all these and writing these articles and stuff like that and i'm like yeah there are some people out there and that's what i was telling my son today i was like at first i was pissed but then i'm like you know what um i'm like buddy you gotta understand Um, it's not, we don't live in this perfect world. You know, I, I always see that. Yeah. When we were kids, we used to be lost until eight o'clock at night and our parents had no idea what's going on with us. I'm like, well, I live 20 minutes from DC and there's trafficking everywhere. And it's not just the trafficking, it's the predators. Yeah. There are predators out there and it's, it's just, and I don't care if you call it a disease or what it's sick. It's evil. Keep your hands off kids. If you can't go get, castrated or incarcerated or put yourself in somewhere. Um, and no matter what you say, nothing justifies pedophilia, nothing.
0: Yeah. 100%. I completely agree. But, um, I guess how, um, how do I want to like wrap this up? We're like getting into 30 minutes.
1: Um, uh, I could talk a little bit longer. Hey, you know, let's not wrap it up real quick. Let's talk no, about no, this. Yeah,
0: sorry, let's I was talking about sure this. Now needed-
1: nah, I could. It's Jess. I gotta. We gotta talk. My red okay. bull's circulating through my system right now. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, nice a little red bull. Um, no, but I really, I really like your approach with that, and you know, with the little dad like euphemisms. Um, I, I just recorded last week with uh, Scott Deluzio. And, um, he enlisted after nine 11 happened and, you know, he, he had heard that the army was hurting for numbers and he had kind of said the same thing, like, Hey, where are all these people that said that they were like, Oh yeah, America, (laughs) like, you know, like, all right, Uh where are all the protectors? Where are all the people, where are all the dads that are like, Oh, if, if they lay one finger, like, you know, I don't. You know, I don't need a man to do that for me. I think we also need to teach our daughters, just our kids, period. Like, hey, if if someone's bothering your friend, like you stand up and you you tell them, hey, leave my friend alone. Just something. Mm -hmm. I I get it. Certain things happen really quickly. um, But I don't know. And
1: believe them, you know, believe them. Yeah. Until they break your trust and you can't believe them, you have to second guess it. Then still believe them. Because they're your children. And they're going to come up to you and they're going to tell you something that may not be the most comfortable thing. But if they don't feel like they can come forward, and this is way before anybody becomes a victim. Yeah. The first person they're going to go to is the person they trust the most. And if yeah. you're the person they trust the most, they're the ones that they're going to come to you with the problems. And if you have, you have to have open communication. These conversations don't necessarily have to be the most difficult conversation you have in the world. Yeah. They could just be like, hey, you know what? Out there, there's people they are going to look at your your body um, they're going to look at you and they're not going to look at you like we look at you and they're going to want to tell you things and and do things mm-hmm. that you, don't feel comfortable to you. And if somebody ever does touch you, whether that's a doctor or a professor or a teacher or a policeman or a firefighter or anybody in a position of power, then tell us about it. You're you can come forward and we'll talk to you about it. Yeah, because the more oh man, if you just Google um, child sex offenders or child sex or not child sex. (laughs) Oh, my God. But like child, (laughs) child sex arrest, throw arrest in there and you see the type of people that they're arresting. Mm -hmm. It really are. You know, I think I just wrote that article. I wrote an article about two weeks ago about, you know, the predators hiding in plain sight. I think it's on townhall.com. If you just type in townhall piccolo.
0: Ooh, okay. I'll drop that link too. But I also think there's a website. I haven't checked it yet. I should. I should check it. I'm a little scared. You, you can see who's living near you oh, if are registered sex offender.
1: My um, I have that Simply Safe thing, and and neighborhood, and they're always like pinging me, like sex offender in your neighborhood. And I'm, but it's not actually in my neighborhood. It's like three miles away. I'm like, oh my gosh, come on! It's like every other week. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, that's really awesome. I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that there's some sort of, you know, tracker, but something, but yeah, you just, know, you know, self-awareness be, and having those hard discussions with your children. And I do want to add, sometimes it's not always like, hey, mom, dad, grandma, whoever, can I talk to you? Sometimes it's, hey, can, can we play? And children will start to overlap. Yes. Navigate. Um, I just recently, you know, heard about this and ch- like child play therapy and mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes those difficult emotions and things in their memory will start to come out as, you know, they're, they're playing, they're connecting with their parental unit. Um, mm-hmm. and I really love that, especially for, for uh, survivors who have been through a lot of bad stuff. Sometimes a direct confrontation can be difficult. So through that you can get some really good um insight on like your child's day, your like what's going on in your child's head, um, and and to see, yeah, if your child is being manipulated or in a vulnerable position with with anyone in their lives. So it's it's definitely having that conversation and and also using proper like terms and words for private parts and stuff like mm-hmm.
1: that. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. You know, even I'm I'm guilty of it too. Like, you know, yeah.
0: Columns. Like, I get it. it. It can seem very aggressive.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: at the end of the day, it's like it's a human anatomy. Um,
1: yeah, don't desensitize it because then it, it desensitizes to the kids, too. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, great point. So,
1: well, I'm glad you gave me the audience and glad, gave me a little time to, to talk.
0: Yeah, of course. Thank you for just, again, always sharing your knowledge and just, you know, um, having a great dialogue with me. I always appreciate that, Jason.
1: Well, thank you, Jess.
0: yeah. all right. Um, is there anything exciting going on with the rest of your week or any any upcoming projects or writings that you're? you're-
1: well, you could find me every Thursday, uh, nine thirty at night on court TV, court TV, doing the crime time segment where we break down current cases, whether mm. it's kidnappings, homicides, officer involved shootings, use of force, mm-hmm. or even rescuing ducks. Aww. Yeah. yeah, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> So uh, check me out on Thursday nights and also just check out the protectors podcast. If you just go to the podcast, any podcast platform, type in the protectors with Jason Piccolo, Mm -hmm. it'll pop up.
0: Perfect. Thank you for that, Jason. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much and good luck with your future projects and court TV. Um, And yeah, hopefully we'll have you back on soon.
1: Definitely. Thanks a lot.
0: All right. Bye Jason.